Welcome to Marvelous Disney, the podcast that discusses the most recent doings at one of the more dynamic divisions of the Walt Disney Company, and that is, of course, Marvel Entertainment. I'm entertainment writer Jim Hill, and my co-host, the amazing Aaron Adams, and I are recording this week's episode on Monday, August 31st, 2020. Nice to have you back, Aaron. Really missed you last week. That that's, I am not good at playing handball by myself. Well... I had three weeks without internet, so I'm just happy to be able to communicate with another human being. I've gone feral. My beard has grown another two inches, and I now drag my butt across the carpet like a feral dog. I'm not very polite anymore. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Thanks for the visuals. You can paint such a picture. So, All right, folks, before we get to the news, a quick plug. Uh, the news tonight is brought to you by Storybook Destination, trusted travel partner of Marvelous Disney. For a worry-free travel experience, book online at storybookdestinations.com. Anyway, thank you for the laugh, because, again, the past couple of days, it's been sad. And I'm referring, of course, to the, the passing of Chadwick Boseman. Uh, his family revealed just this past Friday, uh, August 28th, that this incredibly talented 43-year-old had lost his four-year battle with colon cancer. Any thoughts? Or Yeah, I've got a world of them. It's tragic. It's sad to lose someone so young, especially when they're gifted with so much talent and, and there's so many people that love them and, the, and an actor that means so much to an entire community of people. Mm -hmm. And there is a, a photo that I shared with you of a mm -hmm. young kid who had lined up his Marvel toys against the garage and, and Black Panther was kind of laid out in the middle and he was doing the Wakanda Forever salute. And man, that picture just gutted me. I felt so bad for that kid. So if I could talk to that kid, mm -hmm. what would I say to him? And we'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show. Okay, cool, cool. All right, we talk show business here, folks. So let's get to the business end of things. And the movie that Aaron swore would never open in theaters opened this past weekend, uh, New Mutants. Did you see how it did at the box office? Or? Can you imagine number one across America? What kind of world do we live in where New Mutants bows at number one on its opening weekend? Maybe when you're the only girl at the dance, someone will ask you to dance. Oh, Okay. Well, what Aaron is referring to is that, uh, yes, uh, New Mutants from 20th Century Studios was number one at the box office this past weekend, made $7 million, played in, I want to say, 2,400 theaters uh, nationwide. And, and again, if we were talking prior to COVID, that's a ridiculously low number. But on the other hand, only 60% of the theaters in the country are now open. And of those theaters, they're only operating at 25 to 50% capacity. So given all of those handicaps, so to speak, the fact that New Mutants did sell $7 million worth of tickets during its first three days in North America, that's something. I mean, that's something worth acknowledging. Now, it's also, we should acknowledge that if you go over to Rotten Tomatoes, this film got a 35% freshness rating and an audience rating of just 53. But to provide perspective here, Aaron, if we, we look back at Josh Trank's Fantastic Four reboot from December of 2015, that got a nine freshness rating and only an 18 
percent scores. So yeah, you know. Yeah, but you're judging that against the fan. No, you're judging that against the Fantastic Four, which has never really done well ever. I mean, even though we got a sequel to the first Fantastic Four franchise, Mm -hmm. if you were to compare it to other X Men movies, isn't it the Mm -hmm. lowest ranked out of all of the X? movies you know i'll have to check that and if I you were will, to compare I, I an x apple to an x apple that is right <laughs> yeah i was reading that evidently there is a connection from new mutants to logan and you know you kind of wonder if this film had actually made it into theaters when it was supposed to make it and they were only been 13 months separating logan and new mutants so maybe this story thread would have played a little better. I, as I understand it, people who are in theaters now watching it and they reference the the facility where mutants were being taken to, 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 to for safety, right? As part of Logan. In fact, that was the whole point of him driving his daughter there. But evidently it would have played better mm. uh, if these two films had opened closer together. And do you think that would have saved the movie if its connection to another movie were a touch stronger? It's such a crapshoot as to why a movie succeeds. Well, first off, if I, th- I think if it were a stronger movie overall, and I'm saying mm-hmm. this not having seen it, so I don't know. Jack will establish that right off the bat. But if it were a stronger movie, I think it wouldn't have been on a shelf forever and ever and released during a pandemic. I think it would have been released when Disney acquired Fox and they finally had it finished. If it were a shiny gem of a project, then I think Disney would have trotted it out like, oh, look what we made. <laughs> and, you know, it's not that they had anything to do with it, but they own it now. So, right. Sometimes the right poster or the right trailer is enough to get you interested to check something out. I mean, a case in point, I, have you seen this? This Fortnite Marvel crossover thing that's happening now? Yes, I have. And I don't know of anything, any poster or trailer that could get me excited about that. But I don't care about Fortnite. I have a lot of friends that do, and they're Mm -hmm. excited by it. So I can see going in from that angle, they go, ooh, we've got actual IP Mm -hmm. that's uh, like legit, right? Because Fortnite was just a game and it had cool Mm -hmm. characters and people enjoyed playing it. But Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden you you drop in, like I'm certain a similar sort of thing were to happen if you were to drop in DC characters. They'd be like, oh my God, we get to play with Superman and Batman. Right. So mm-hmm. drop in the, the MCU and Galactus is coming to munch on your island and whoa, we've got a story. So I get it. That's cool. I mean, I, I think it's it's neat. I, I wish I would have been playing the game all along so I could be, you know, along with the fans on that ride. Mm-hmm. But uh, right now I'm seeing comics with a banana, like a character that is a banana. Yeah, yeah. You got to remember, we work the Marvel side of the street where the you know, rocket is a raccoon. You know, it, 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 you know, we're on very thin ice where we start criticizing bananas. But no, <laughs> I mean, I just for me, between uh, the pages for the comic book lead into what they're doing Fortnite, likewise, the trailer looked amazing. And I admit, sometimes I have a low threshold for entertainment. Sometimes all it takes is me channel surfing, and there's there's an image I've never seen before. It's like, okay, I'm stopping and watching this. And but I don't game. My my daughter's a huge gamer, but I topped out at Pong. Whereas I mean. You, you're part of this community. In fact, you were talking about how 
you've pre-ordered your copy of Avengers. Is that right? Or? I have indeed. I spoke to my friends within my community. I said, hey, what's up? You getting this game or am I playing this solo? And I had a couple friends jump on board and go, no, no, I've, I've got it pre-ordered. So we've got our four man group ready to go. And uh, we'll we'll go into battle here uh, Friday when it drops. When this episode drops, I will be playing Marvel Avengers. So how do you like that? For next week's show, your job is to to give us a report on you know the Avengers game, and I I will assemble all of the X Men movie info, and we'll find out where exactly uh, New Mutants fits on that freshness and audience rating chart. I uh, wanted to give a quick update on Ant-Man 3. Peyton Reed has been out there talking about how proud he is, for example, that the second Ant-Man movie, Ant-Man and the Wasp, was the first of the Marvel movies to really put the female superhero front and center. That Ant-Man 3, which is going to be going into production hopefully next year and be released to theaters in 2022. Can't give you a date on that because things are slipping and sliding now because of what potentially is going to happen with Black Panther 2. I wonder if they're going to keep with the trend of the name. It'll be like, it was first Ant-Man, the sequel's Ant-Man and the Wasp. Third one will be Ant-Man, the Wasp, and the Bumblebee. What's <laughs> the? There's got to be like a third little insect to add to that, right? I do not know. No? Research. I, I, I have to get to do my right. research. And while we're talking about sequels, Captain Marvel 2 continues to chug forward. We now have a new director assigned to this project. It's Nia DaCosta. She uh, directed Universal's Candyman, which was supposed to be out in June of this year. But of course, COVID-19, that screwed up everything. So now that's pushed back to October 16th of this year. But evidently that horror film reboot turned out well enough that Nia became the hot candidate for Captain Marvel 2. And out ahead of her being assigned to helm this thing, we got a new screenplay put together. This is by Megan McDonald. She's a story editor on WandaVision. By the way, also an update on WandaVision, talking with people at Disney Plus, and they're still, we think it's going to debut, you know, like the very last week of December 2020, and then run from January into February. But again, a lot of stuff is slippy sliding right now. And I did want to bring up WandaVision for another reason. Elizabeth Olsen, the star of, of WandaVision, uh, likewise, the, the woman who's played you know, Scarlet Witch in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, she disabled in her Instagram account a, a day or so ago. And this reportedly was because Marvel fans were bullying her because they felt that she wasn't moving fast enough to honor Chadwick Boseman, that she hadn't, you know, so many other members of the of the cast, you know, of, of Marvel movies had stepped forward and had put something up on Twitter or Instagram or the like. And the fact that she was, she hadn't, was cause for concern. So she got bullied. And it, it's one of these things where it's like, there's no one way to mourn. We're all individuals and we all grieve in our own way. And the fact that just last night when they ran that Black Panther commercial free on ABC, by the way, six million people tuned in to watch that last night. ABC's to be applauded. You know, when you think about we got this news on Friday 
And by Sunday night, they cleared their entire primetime schedule and not only put on this commercial-free airing of Black Panther, but they followed it with a 45-minute tribute, a special episode of 2020, which Robin Roberts agreed to host. And the fact that this all came together in such a short amount of time really speaks volumes about how folks at you know Marvel and Disney and ABC felt about Chadwick Boseman, but, but here was Elizabeth in the middle of the special, contributing her thoughts, and it just, she got around to it eventually, folks, but evidently not fast enough for our Twitter, Instagram world, and I think we need to let people be people. Well, I think toxic fans have uh, an issue, just besides mm-hmm. their general toxicity online, mm-hmm. that needs to be sorted out. It's like general rules of society don't quite click with them. Mm -hmm. So in the don't feed the trolls mentality, Mm -hmm. you just kind of have to ignore them. And once you're in a vacuum, well, you can't breathe anymore. Now, can you? So uh, they'll kind of just die off if you don't feed them any attention. And then they'll maybe realize, is it me? I guess it's me. Maybe I should look into that. That's an excellent suggestion. All right, well, we'll tell you what, folks. We're going to take a quick break here. When we get back, Aaron's going to share his thoughts for that little boy with his action figures. And, you know, we're going to talk a, a bit more about uh, Chadwick Boseman's career. It was 11 years ago today, Aaron, that the Walt Disney Company announced that it was going to acquire Marvel Entertainment for $4 billion. And we've seen a a lot of very successful films. And one of the most successful was The Black Panther. Went on to sell $1.3 billion worth of tickets worldwide. And and a large portion of that uh, success was due to Chadwick Boseman's performance as T'Challa, the king of uh, Wakanda. And we first met his take on the character Back in April of 2016, which was when Captain America Civil War debuted. And what was your your thoughts on his initial appearance in the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe? He was just shockingly good. Mm-hmm. There have been um, a moment, and I'm not even to get into the, the hows, the whos, and the whys, but there have been a character or two that have been introduced into the MCU that I just didn't really uh, take to right away. Mm-hmm. And over time, I I grew to love them. But on their initial first appearance, I was rather blasé about it. However, when I saw Chadwick for the first time as Black Panther, I went, oh, that's T'Challa. Mm-hmm. I don't know who's playing him. I just know that's T'Challa. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't critique it for there were no flaws. He got dropped in the deep end in that film. I mean, think about it. We are how many films in? With Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark or Chris Evans as Captain America. And he comes on the screen as this fully formed character who can stand his own, both physically and performance-wise, right along with Downey and Evans. Just a good, solid debut. I mean, he's done characters. He did Jackie Robinson in 42, James Brown, Get On Up, Thurgood Marshall. He's been playing characters who are legendary in their inspiration. 
mm-hmm. to what they mean in, in the black community. Well, now, the, speaking of which, though, you shared that incredibly powerful photo of that little boy standing in front of the garage door doing the Wakanda Forever arms and but with his, you know, all of his action figures posed in mourning around a, a Black Panther who was lying in state. And you, you had something you wanted to say to him. Yeah, and actually there have been a, a lot of pictures like that with a lot of kids and their toys surrounding a Black Panther character. And it because they're so young and they don't have a wealth of black superheroes to, to rally around. And this one, he finally had his own movie. I mean, yeah, we, we've got like Rhodey, you know, but he, Rhodey never had a solo movie. And, and so black Panther finally had a solo movie and these kids. It really meant something special to him. And man, when, when I see them holding funerals with their toys it kind of got me personally because i can i can understand that you know they got they're trying to let out their grief so i want to i wanted to say something if if i could talk to that kid what would i say to him and i think i would say that the great thing about a superhero is that they fight the hardest of battles and they usually win in the end usually but there comes a point when a hero eventually loses a battle and from there they transform it into something more, a legend. A legend is impossible to defeat. A legend can live forever. As long as there is someone left to carry the legend in their heart and pass it from their lips to another's ear, that legend will grow stronger. But make no mistake, we have lost a king and we still need a king. My hero once told me that anybody can wear the mask, even me. So in that spirit, I ask that you take this crown and you wear it as Mr. Bozeman wore it, with bravery, humility, and dignity. Carry this hero in your heart, spread his story to all who will listen, and make him a legend as he was meant to be just as you were meant to learn how to be a king. Wow. That's great. That's a wonderful tribute there. Uh, the only thing I'd like to add to that is these kids feel so strongly about the Black Panther character. I remember how torn up kids were when T'Challa got dusted in Infinity Wars. I don't know if you remember that noise in theaters, Aaron, where... It's Cap alone on the battlefield, and Thanos and his forces are coming forward, and the portal opens to his left, and who comes through but T'Challa and Shuri and Okai. Oh, and the cheer from the crowd. Oh, it was literally, it was the, the sound of hope, and people so happy to see this character back. Yeah, he played a superhero in a movie, but uh, Chadwick Boseman was also a, a hero in real life. And what we're learning now is he was diagnosed with colon cancer in 2016. And yet, during the four years he was having operations and he was having treatments, he would regularly make trips to St. Jude's and, and visit the pediatric cancer ward. It wasn't anything that was heavily advertised, it wasn't promoted, he just showed up to be there with those kids. And it meant so much, you know, that 
especially to the members of the African-American community who were battling cancer, that this guy was here, and this guy plays Black Panther in that movie, and he's taken a few minutes with my kid. This sort of selfless behavior, to do that when you yourself are battling a life-threatening illness, that's real heroic behavior. There was a girl on Twitter who was a reporter who shared a quick story about standing in line in the red carpet and you feel like your cattle herded in a pen and you wait for people to come in and then all of a sudden celebrities show up but they're showing up late and they walk right past you and you know you've been there all day and you're tired you're hungry you haven't got to do anything but stand there and wait for people to walk by you and ignore you and then it was during one of his premieres that uh, Chadwick Boseman was you know the, the lead star of that but he stopped at every single microphone and answered every question, even though it took him like a half an hour to walk 10 feet. And she just wanted to acknowledge that stars don't do that. Celebrities don't do that. Uh, He went out of his way. He was tired. It was a hot, sunny, you know, exhausting sweltering day he's wearing a tuxedo or whatever and uh yeah to be uncomfortable but give everybody something that's so precious which is your time Mm -hmm. you know that's that's all that they were ever asking for and when you get someone's time just a second of it like that like a kid that gets to meet him and and take a photo it's a second Mm -hmm. but that gift of time will last forever so to be generous in that way give the gift of of your time because we're all, we're all limited on it. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I think he was aware of that. I don't know if you happen to see there was an interview. Oh, man, it was heartbreaking because now after the fact, we know what he was dealing with. But it was mm-hmm. about how there were kids dealing with cancer and they were just fighting to stay alive long enough to see the Black Panther movie come out. Mm-hmm. And he was sharing that story. And at the end of it, he got choked up. And it, it took him a couple minutes before he could continue his, his thought. Mm-hmm. of how much it meant to him that the kid's struggle was to see him finish that movie when in his own mind, he may have had that very same wish for himself. Wow. I hope wow. I get to see it come out too, kid. <laughs> wow. You know? Well, character's going to live on. Uh, in fact, it's kind of interesting that right now you can go to the Disney audition pages and Disneyland Resort is holding auditions for a, a Black Panther walk-around character, also General Lacoy. But he'll live on in that park. It'll be something that little kids can, can visit with and get their picture taken. Also, in a weird sort of way, Bozeman's going to live on because other people are going to live on. I don't know if you... There was this amazing story that... ABC reported just this evening that the American Cancer Society reported today that at their colon rectal uh, cancer information page, they had an 8,000% uptick in people clicking on it and getting information about this this disease. So, you know, in, in a weird sort of way, his passing and people who are now going to go out of their way to get tested because, geez, a 43-year-old guy got this that i should maybe get this checked so he's going to continue to impact people's lives but at the same time you also have to feel sad for his his co-workers his contemporaries i mean ryan coogler the the gentleman who wrote and directed the, the first black panther has just spent the past year 
working on Black Panther 2. That, in fact, he, he quoted in social media, I spent the last year preparing, imagining, and writing words for him to say, which we're now not destined to see. To bring this kind of full circle to what we were talking about with Elizabeth Olsen and, and social media, right now, Letitia Wright, the woman who plays Siri in the Black Panther movies, there's suddenly a lot of people who mean well um, who are sending her messages through social media, through Twitter, and that to the like to the that, you know, well, the legacy falls on you. You, you have to continue this now. And it's like, this woman literally found out she lost a friend two and three days ago. This is not the time to talk about what your next career choice is. People just need to be allowed to mourn and grieve. And, you know, somewhere further down the line, we'll figure out what's going on with Black Panther 2, which, as I mentioned, has a release date of May 6, 2022. But I, I kind of suspect that Peyton Reed's Ant-Man may get a new release date fairly soon, uh, just to allow uh, Ryan Coogler and crew to kind of sort that out, to figure it out. But <laughs> sorry, folks, that this was was kind of a downer of a show, but understandable. And Aaron and I will be back with a hopefully more upbeat uh, episode of Marvelous Disney uh, next week. But in the meantime, if you're looking for stuff a little, you know, a little more upbeat, a little more entertaining, we've got Disney Dish with Lentesta. We've got Fine Tuning with Drew Taylor. Looking at Lucasfilm with Dan Z. And... If you want to keep tabs on what we're up to, you can head over to Twitter and Instagram uh, where we post under Jim Hill Media and on Facebook at Jim Hill Media News. And beyond that, if you could do Aaron and I a favor and head over to Bandcamp and subscribe, that would be helpful. Anything else to add, Aaron, before we close here? Or We'll close the show with what Chadwick had to say to Denzel at a tribute to Denzel. And not just because of me, but my whole cast, that generation, stands on your shoulders. The daily battles won, the thousand territories gained, the many sacrifices you made for the culture on film sets through your career, the things you refused to compromise along the way laid the blueprints for us to follow. And so now, let he who has watered be watered. Let he who has given be given too. It is an honor to now know you, to learn from you, and join in this work with you. May God bless you exceedingly and abundantly more in what's in store than he ever has before. God bless you.